are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? Though is wonderful. And might I add, handsome host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. So please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. Um, there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, we got part two, the finale, actually, of my conversation with Sully. We get into Dimebacks talk. We talk about free agents the D-backs should go after. We talk about the leadoff position, and it's important to baseball. Who should be the Dimebacks leadoff? Uh, who should be the Dimebacks leadoff hitter? So we get into all that conversation and more. But first, if your company's interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Dimebacks to listen to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDimebacks at gmail.com to find out more. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account and then at LockedOnDiamondbacks for my podcast handle on both Twitter and Instagram. So now let's get into that conversation between Sully and I. I think with that deep farm system, I think they could probably take advantage of the fact that this is going to be certainly a buyer's market in terms of free agency, because there's going to be a ton of free agents out there. And a lot of teams are going to try to avoid having a multi-year deal for players in their thirties. This is, you know, there's a lot of, it's causing some of the labor issues and everything like that. And uh, I understand the frustration of a player who's saying like, well, you can't cash in when you're younger. Now you can't cash in when you're older. That's why you're seeing somebody superstar players cashing in and not even going to free agency and saying, do you want, well, might as well take it now. But, you know, you'd hate to sort of talk about taking advantage of that situation, but a team like the Diamondbacks, uh, you know, some of the outfielders that are out there, like, you know, George Springer is going to get us a good solid contract and mm-hmm. Jackie Bradley Jr. Because of his great defense is uh, going to be, I think he's a perfect fit with the Mets who have a ton of, talent in their outfield but could use Jackie's defense to sort of take the pressure off of them but there's going to be a lot of other outfielders who are going to want to prove themselves again and I think and I think there's a bunch of holes out there that the D-backs could fill in relatively inexpensively and without it being a albatross type contract around around their necks and uh, you know I've, I would have trust in a manager like Tori Lavolo to have an influx of some veterans on the team and have that be a positive experience. The, the, the example that I always go back to is the 2013 Red Sox signed a whole bunch of veterans who were only there for a couple of years and picked up a world series ring for their troubles. Yeah. Uh, I, having a bunch of veterans with a chip on their shoulder, wanting something to prove isn't always the worst thing in the world to have, especially if there's going to be an extended uh, postseason. 
Yeah, and I think you mentioned Jackie Bradley. I think that's going to be one of the guys the D-backs are going to go after. They've been linked to him for a couple off-seasons, mm-hmm. all couple off-seasons now in the trade market. Tori Lovello and Mike Hazen are both from that Red Sox organization. So I think they've seen Jackie Bradley firsthand. Mike Hazen was probably part of the front office that helped develop Jackie Bradley. So I think he's going to be a guy who may not break the bank. He might be a little bit more expensive, but he's not going to be anywhere near that George Springer God-level tier of money. So I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be pretty affordable for the D-backs because they're a smaller market team and they definitely don't want to spend the money, especially after Madison Bumgarner's signing last year. They're definitely going to be hesitant uh, this offseason to shell out some money for some free agents. You know, a player, and again, look at this as a kind of a weird one to bring up here, but he's such a solid professional hitter and probably won't get a multi-year deal, but it's Michael Brantley. Mm-hmm. And when you have someone like Michael Brantley, I, I'm sorry, I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking of him, but I was was thinking that he's a good, solid all-star professional hitter. And maybe having a guy like that in your lineup, even if he isn't playing every single day, because, you know, he has had a ton of injuries in his career and, and actually wound up missing the year that the Indians went to the World Series. But to have someone who you can just rely on that you know is going to give you solid at bats who you know is going to keep rallies going who you know is going to be on base if someone does pop one out i i often wonder about having that that i i don't like to call it the veteran experience because who knows what you know there have been stories of young players like being like tolowitzki becoming the leader there have been stories of veterans who just kind of sit back and aren't you know vocal or anything at all but Mm -hmm. to have a real professional in the lineup that you're saying, okay, you are just, you're, all we need you to do is just, you don't have to be a superstar. Just hit and get those, you know, keep those, hit those balls into the gap and do well like that. He's not going to get a multi-year deal. So, you know, why couldn't he be uh, a fit in Arizona? I would hope so. I mean, I think whoever's going to get Brantley is going to get a steal. He's a little bit older. I think he's in his mid-30s now. But mm-hmm. like you said, he's a professional hitter. The dude is like a career 300 hitter. If you go back and look at his numbers, he's definitely had some injuries. But every year, he's near 25 home runs. He's hitting above 300 consistently, getting on base. He's a pretty good player. I would love for the D-backs to get him, especially if they could steal him off the market. That's what the D-backs are going to have to do this offseason. They're going to have to get creative. They're going to have to go after guys like Michael Brantley who might not have – as much value as some of these other guys because of his injuries and age, but has that all-star level talent still within him. And maybe if you give him 160 games and he doesn't get one of those injuries, then he could be a real big contributor for your team and actually have a lower rejuvenation himself in his career. And I think that would be great for the D-backs because I'm not really a person, my personal philosophy, I'm not really into prospects like that. There's so many guys that are highly rated prospects that come to the big league level and they just never pan out. They flame out and there's so many times you trade one of your star players for a couple prospects because they're one of the best in their organization and you never see the see it come into fruition. So I'm always a guy that would rather have the big league talent than try to go for the potential in the prospects, honestly. All right, all right, all right. Sully and I will continue that conversation in a second, but first... I want to talk to you guys about Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is back, more improved, and more delicious than ever before. They have 18 amazing flavors, but six new flavors. And with Thanksgiving here, they have actually even more flavors. And just to think, 
Bar couldn't get any better because the taste, the taste, my goodness, the taste is already so amazing. You think you're eating a candy bar, which is the reason why I love it, but it's really a protein bar. And I'm a health conscious guy. I try to go to the gym and a built bar is perfect for me after the gym because it helps me lose or maintain weight while indulging a delicious treat. But for Thanksgiving, they got a whole new line of built bars coming out there. You're going to be dreaming of a white Christmas on Black Friday because beginning Thanksgiving Day at 5 p.m., Built Bar is introducing the all-new white chocolate bar while supplies last, and they're introducing the white chocolate cookies and cream bar and the white chocolate salted caramel bar. Now, with every purchase for Thanksgiving, you get two free candy cane brownie bars. Yes, every purchase every purchase gets you two free candy cane brownie bars, and you get 25% off all products all weekend long. So go to BuiltBar.com, and you get 25% off Black Friday. Plus, don't forget to use the promo code to get an extra percent off. And for Cyber Monday, we're going to be continuing, or I'm not, Bilt Bar's going to be continuing that deal even further on Cyber Monday. That white chocolate continues while supplies last. Plus, there's going to be a white chocolate cherry sundae and a white chocolate coconut deluxe. So brand new flavors for you guys. And still, you still can get two free candy cane brownies with every item purchased while supplies last and still 25% off all products. Plus, receive one free advent calendar with every purchase on Cyber Monday. So go to BuiltBar.com and get 25% off for Black Friday. Plus, don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to get an extra percent off as well. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back to that conversation between Sully and I. Yeah, I just, that to me, the more I think about it, that'd be really, I mean, if you want to have that outfielder to solidify the defense, then you go after JBJ, which obviously there's a lot of former Red Sox people involved with the Diamondbacks. But the more I think of it, you know, the more I look at some of the players in that lineup that could use having a Brantley getting those hits, you know, I almost, I mean, this sounds weird, but I'd almost want to have Brantley bat number one or two in the lineup because I I'm a big believer in, I think speed is the single most overrated aspect of a leadoff hitter. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that you want to have the person who is making the fewest number of outs have the most at bats. I thought it's not that hard of a concept to have. Mm -hmm. And someone like Brantley, uh, I would want to have like at the number two spot, getting that extra at bat in the course of the game. And if a, you know, if a Dalton Varsho gets a hold of one or Cattell Marte gets a hold of one, you know, that, you know, it's Brantley at home plate who's given them a high five to congratulate them. I think, you know, I look at, I mean, there may be other people like that, but that's just sort of the, to me, that's the prototypical, you could get a lot of value from someone because people are leery of offering him or want to avoid his injury history. No, and that leadoff point you had is 
very fair because I'm trying to find it now because Cole Calhoun was the leadoff hitter for a lot of these D-backs games, and he's not your prototypical leadoff hitter, and that was mostly because of how bad this Dimebacks lineup was in 2020. Cole Calhoun's OBP of 338 was second on the team to David Peralta at 339, and those were probably two of our main leadoff hitters, maybe Ketal Marte. He was mostly batting second, but a guy like Cole Calhoun, you don't expect him to be your leadoff hitter. And he also led the D-backs by far in home runs. So when your leadoff hitter is actually your best power hitter and the best guy at getting on base, uh, it, it sounds like it's a, like it's a positive for your team, but Cole Calhoun shouldn't be the be all end all for the, for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And they have to spread the wealth a little bit. So I think Michael Brantley is more of a prototypical leadoff hitter. I think he definitely take the ease off some of these other Diamondback players. Maybe they're just too much pressure on the shoulders of Escobar and Ketel Marte, probably more Marte than Escobar. I think Escobar really just came into this season out of shape. And maybe that was because of COVID and not having the mm. training that he's been used to because everyone talked about his weight was just a big issue for the team this season. And Tori Lavello had to have like a honest conversation with Escobar and say, Hey, we have to, you got to, you know, shed some of that weight because you're just not moving the same around the field. But one thing the D-backs can do that they want to be, like I said, creative this offseason is they could go out there and get a guy like DJ LeMayu, who's going to be more expensive, but you could get him on a two-year deal probably and move Ketel Marte to center field. He's been a center fielder, second baseman throughout his career. So if you want to get interesting, you go out there and maybe acquire a high-level second baseman and then just put Ketel Marte in center field if you want to build up the middle uh, of your team, I guess. That's, all these are good thoughts. I'm just going to bring up one name, which is the late John McNamara, who was the manager of the Reds in the late 70s and the Red Sox in the mid-80s. And I remember he, he was someone who was forever crucified for how he handled the Red Sox in the 1986 World Series, famously. But he made a move in the lineup in 1986. They had Marty Barrett leading off and Wade Boggs batted second. And he decided to switch them. And when they switched them, it was like, what are you doing, Boggs? He's slower than a glacier. Why are you having Boggs? And I was one of the people saying, you can't have Boggs batting leadoff. He's got no speed. Uh, he led the league in on-base percentage five out of six years. He was walking. He was leading the league in walks every year while getting 200 hits every year. And idiots like me were going like, why are they putting him in the leadoff spot? I don't know. Maybe because you want to have the guy who never makes an out have the most at-bats. And um, here we are. And uh, I think the Diamondbacks, we understand some of these metrics a lot better now. And uh, look, at I'd like to see the D-backs do well because they've got a lot of players on there that I really like. And I have a ton of friends who are Giant fans who kind of bristle at the fact that Bumgarner is now with Arizona, but mm-hmm. Bumgarner is one of my favorite players in baseball, and I want to see him do well again. And I yeah. want to have you have something positive to talk about because uh, this was your first year at Locked On MLB, right? Yeah, it was my first year doing the D-backs. Pretty yeah. disappointing season. But, yeah, uh, what a what a gut punch. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a... coming in right as they were riding hot. They were going to have all this oh, momentum, gosh. like, oh, lick the new kids on the block, the D-backs. They nah. get to take it over, and now none of it. No, nah, you got punched in the face. Yeah, and then over, the Over and over and over again, just being punched in the face. And you deserve better than that. You've got a Thank nice you. face. Thank you. I try. So, yeah, so <laughs> well, look at where can people listen to your show? Yeah, 
I, I guess i hope so i hope someone listens to the show where can oh where i think you said working people listen to the show <laughs> i was like i hope someone's listening to the show oh, oh yeah Boy, this, they, this ended on a pessimistic note didn't it? yeah uh locked on dying back so you could follow me on twitter at creator thomas for my personal account at creator thomas 24 for my personal account at locked on dying backs on twitter and instagram and then of course any podcasting platforms or streaming on all of them so go check out locked on dying backs we had a couple of d-backs on the pod the last couple of weeks paven smith and riley smith they're not brothers but go check them out uh paven smith was like the seventh overall pick a couple years ago so go check out that interview with him that's it for this edition of the locked on dimebacks podcast thank you thank you to everyone who tuned in today remember no podcast thursday and friday so come back next week for more Go back and listen to any pods you might have missed. And I hope everyone has a great Thanksgiving. And as always, follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 and at LockedOnDimebacks on Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Stay safe, y'all. Doses!